This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Science Notes, a programme on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 to 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. Well, good evening, and welcome to Science Notes again for another week. My name is Dave McMorrin. This week, we are talking about bile. When I mentioned this to my wife, she said, Ooh, the yellow stuff that comes up. Yes, I said, the yellow stuff that comes up. Bile is one of those things which we really need, but we don't really want to know about. Because the only time we ever really come into contact with it is when we're vomiting and unwell. But it is really important stuff. And tonight we will talk a bit about what it is and what it does. And we will talk about the scientist who spent much of his career studying bile and who, as a result, won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry in 1927. But to get us in the mood, here is a song from the album Parachutes by Coldplay.
to Science Notes on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. Bile is a substance which is produced by your liver and secreted into your small intestine to help you digest fats. You produce about half a litre of bile every day. Mostly the bile is just water, but mixed in is small amounts of something called bilirubin, which comes from the breakdown of hemoglobin and which gives the bile its yellow colour, some cholesterol, and a type of molecule called a bile salt. The bile salts are long, flat molecules which, in the conditions of your small intestine, have one end which is fat-like, while the other end has a negative charge on it. The charge is important as this makes the molecule soluble in water. The fact that these molecules have different properties at each end, one end which is charged and so likes water, and the other end which is fatty and so likes other fats, means that the bile salts can act as detergents or soaps. When fats from your food reach your small intestine, the bile salts break up the large fat globules into much smaller pieces and surround them, forming structures called micelles. These much smaller lumps of fat can then be attacked by an enzyme called pancreatic lipase, which breaks down the fat molecules and allows them to be absorbed into your body. You might think that absorbing fat is something that you should avoid if possible, but this process is extremely important. The fat molecules are used 
by your body as key components in the walls of all your cells. They also play a crucial role in metabolizing carbohydrates. And the same process that the bile salts facilitate to allow fat absorption is also used by your body to absorb other fatty molecules, like many vitamins. While your body secretes about half a litre of bile a day, which contains in total about 15 grams of the bile salts, there is a very efficient recycling system for bile, which means that you only produce about half a gram of bile salts each day. The other 95% of the bile that you use each day was bile that you made earlier. So what are these bile salts from a chemistry perspective? They are all synthesized in your body from cholesterol. Some are based on a compound called cholic acid and others on a compound called kinodeoxycholic acid. After these two acid molecules are made from the cholesterol in your liver, the amino acids glycine or taurine are attached to them. And after they are excreted into your small intestine, further modifications to their chemical structure are sometimes made by the microbes that live there. These modifications are made primarily to ensure that the molecules can form the fat-dissolving micelles efficiently. Bile salts are quite complicated molecules. Cholic acid itself contains 69 atoms, and yet their composition and structure were determined a hundred years ago, long before the inventions of the techniques and machines which the modern chemist is so reliant on. Instead, the deciphering of the identities and the personalities of the bile salts and the role that they played was achieved by clever experiments, careful observation, and much deep thinking. And the chemist who led this effort was a German called Heinrich Wieland. Wieland was born in the city of Pforzheim in southwestern Germany near Stuttgart in June of 1877. After school, he studied at the universities of Munich, Berlin, and Stuttgart, before returning to Munich to complete his PhD in 1901. He then stayed on and was promoted to associate professor in 1909, and then he was made a full professor in 1913 at the Technical High School in Munich, when he was still only 36 years old. He then spent time at the University of Freiburg, before eventually returning to become Head of Organic Chemistry at the University of Munich in 1925. Wieland also worked for a period at a company called Böhringer Ingelheim, which was founded in 1885 by his cousin, Albert Böhringer, to make tartaric acid. Wieland initially worked as a consultant, and then, in 1917, he set up the company's first research and development department. Beringer Ingelheim remains today. It employs over 50,000 staff, 8,000 of which work in the R&D department, and it is the largest privately owned pharmaceutical company in the world.
Initially, Wieland was a pure organic chemist, researching the ways in which simple gases like nitrogen dioxide reacted with organic molecules and investigating the chemical properties of the things that resulted. These included the first examples of molecules called nitrogen radicals. But he then became interested in the molecules from nature. He worked on understanding the chemical structures of nitrogen-containing substances called alkaloids, which include morphine and strychnine. He worked on the toxins found in mushrooms and in toads. His work on the coloured compounds in butterflies' wings led to the discovery of a whole new class of compounds called terins. The fact that he was able to do so much research on some very toxic and dangerous molecules attests to his skill in the lab and to the skills of the students he taught. Indeed, it has always been my experience that if you want a dangerous organic molecule made, then you get a German to do it. I remember as a grad student attending a lecture from a famous German chemist who talked about a very explosive molecule that his group routinely needed to make as part of their research. As he told the story, he had an underground bunker built to, view, to carry out this reaction in, and new students to the research group were sent there to do the reaction. If they returned, they got to stay in the group. Wieland's work on bile salts started when he was still at Freiburg in the early 1910s and continued when he moved back to Munich. This move was to take up the position vacated by Richard Willstatter, the Nobel Prize winning chemist who himself worked in naturally occurring compounds. His, dis his discovery of the chemical structure and properties of chlorophyll won him the 1915 Nobel Prize in Chemistry. Wilstater had decided to take early retirement as he saw the political situation in Munich and the rest of Germany start to become increasingly hostile to himself and his fellow Jews. Wieland was then 48, a husband and father, and this was his first well-paid job. At the time, nothing was really known about what the bile salts looked like, and very, very little was known about the role bile played in the body. Wieland was able to isolate cholic acid from samples of bile, work out its chemical composition and structure, and then explore its chemical properties. To work out how the 69 atoms in the cholic acid were put together to form the molecule, he would subject it to a chemical reaction, see what was produced, and then take these products and subject them to a second reaction, see what was produced, and so on, until one of the products was something that he could definitively identify. Then, because he knew exactly what sorts of changes to the molecule each of the reactions would have caused, he could work backwards to work out what the cholic acid molecule must look like. He did this work on bile from oxen, but even so, very large samples of, of ox bile must have been needed to be obtained, perhaps from many deceased oxen, to have enough raw material to study. His compatriot, Adolf Winhaus, at the University of Berlin, then showed that cholic acid could be produced from cholesterol. 
By applying the ideas and techniques of chemistry, Wieland was able to understand not only how the bile salts were made in the body, but also began to understand how they worked and why they were of such importance. And it was predominantly this work which resulted in the award of the 1927 Nobel Prize for Chemistry. To quote from the award ceremony presentation speech, Professor Wieland, the decision of the Royal Academy of Sciences to award you the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for your work on bile salts and related substances is only a just recognition of the solution of a problem which is, without doubt, one of the most difficult which organic chemistry has had to tackle. The complex composition of the compounds investigated, the large numbers of atoms in the molecules of these compounds, and the fact that the material was often very difficult to produce, even in small quantities, these were obstacles which could only be overcome with such striking success through a remarkable skill in experimentation and a rare capacity for finding new ways and means. Wieland was in fact awarded the prize in 1928. He then returned to Munich to continue his work on bile salts and other naturally occurring compounds. But the political environment continued to deteriorate. While Wieland held no religious affiliation himself, he was very concerned about the treatment of the Jews. Where he could, he helped protect Jewish students at the university, taking them into his research group when they were expelled from others. When a statue of Wilstatter on the Munich campus was destroyed by Nazi sympathizers during the Kristallnacht riots in 1938, Wieland ordered a statue of himself, erected after he won the Nobel Prize, to be similarly destroyed in solidarity. These and many other actions would have seen a lesser scientist arrested or worse, but Wieland's fame and stature in the scientific community provided him some protection, and he continued to work in his laboratory in Munich until, in 1945, it was destroyed in an Allied bombing raid. Wieland died in Starnberg, in Bavaria, in 1957, at the age of 80. During his career, he published an astonishing 400 research papers and won every prize there was for organic chemistry. In 1964, the Heinrich Wieland Prize was created to be awarded for outstanding research in chemistry, biochemistry, and physiology. It is now one of the most coveted prizes in organic chemistry, and it is now sponsored by the Böhringer Ingelheim Foundation. One final point. You might have noticed that I said that while he won the 1927 Nobel Prize for Chemistry, Wieland was not awarded it until 1928. I'm not completely sure why that was. But interestingly, Wieland's colleague, Winhouse, was the person who won the prize in 1928 for the work that in part so informed Wieland's own. This meant that the two friends attended the ceremony together, which seems a nice outcome to me. We will talk much more about Winhouse's work in a later show. We'll finish with a track from Chet Baker, 
from an album called I Remember. And the track is called Margarine. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you.
Science Notes, a program on Otago Access Radio, brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 to 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.